The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's 10 minutes after 8. Welcome to the Forum at 8. The Commission for the Promotion and Protection of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities has threatened to take the Etiguini mayor to court if the municipality doesn't stop the practice of grave sharing. The KZN Cemeteries and Crematoria Act of 1996 sanctions the reuse of graves, but the Metro says that they don't have land for burials. The Commission, however, argues that ancestors from different clans and families cannot be buried in the same grave because it will cause a spiritual confusion. And uh, the Eteguini municipality may soon be forced to revisit this practice of grave sharing if the Commission uh, for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities has its way. This package uh, compiled by Minoshni Pele. Grave sharing is un-African and denies a true spiritual connection with the loved one that has passed away. That's the view of customary law expert at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, Professor Nomtandazan Klama. She's shedding light on recent remarks by the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities to take the Itaguini municipality to the Equality Court if it does not urgently reconsider its practice of grave sharing. Commission Chairperson Toko Mkwanazi Aluva urged the municipality to act in a culturally sensitive manner. The only issue on the table that traditional healers, normal people like myself are crying over, is that I'll find someone I don't <coughs> on top of my mother. For the city to put you in that situation is totally unfair and unconstitutional. Trample people's cultural beliefs and African religious belief systems by reusing graves. Etebun municipality has run out of time to do policy. It's time to act and act in a cultural and sensitive way. So if you'll be recycling this week and next week and the following week, we'll be left with very little choice but to take it to court. Etebuni Mayor James Ngumalo says the option of grave recycling came about after the municipality ran out of burial land. He says rapid urbanization into the city has also exacerbated the problem. In the rural areas, there's no issue about graves because people have got enough land. But in the urban areas, cities, and because of the urbanization, that's another problem. Because of the rapid urbanization, we're still going to face a problem unless we come up with some sort of uh, solutions to deal with this challenge, including buying new pieces of land. Similarly, head of Itikwini Municipality's Parks, Recreation and Culture Unit, Tembi Nkosi Ngobo, frankly told the Commission that a balance needed to be met in context with the spatial challenges that are a stern reality. There is now a tension, therefore, to cater for the needs of people who are living versus the needs of people who have just passed on. And that is the tension that we are recognizing and that is the tension that we are trying to deal with as humanly as possible. If we were to continue to provide the money in which we do, it is therefore foreseeable that the whole of the city would be turned into one very big cemetery. Is that the situation we want? 
University of Queensland Natal Professor Nomtandazo Ntlama says traditional African customs like the right to a single or family-only grave are protected by the constitution. She explains why the current recycling grave practice is at loggerheads with this. The balance that has to be undertaken, the rights of the municipality to ensure not only the promotion of good governance vis-à-vis the right to a cultural practice. That is where we are at loggerheads. Let's take it. The head of the kids, the family, has passed on and is buried in this particular grave. And then that family wants to conduct its own rituals. And now you have the Kumalos. They also want to do their own rituals in that particular grave. So we are talking now about the spirit being conflated. Traditionally so, it leaves the people without their own identity when it comes to their own cultural beliefs of the significance of the grave. The municipality has conceded that mixed graves are a problem and have even called on solutions and input from the public to deal with this. I'm Minoshni Pele in Durban. And we're going to take that further this morning as we ask you uh, to discuss with us uh, your views on this particular matter. Do you think uh, that given the fact that municipalities are indicating that they are running out of burial space, uh, South Africans should simply make peace with the fact uh, that grave sharing is our reality? Or do you have a different view on this? And we also want to discuss this morning how different religions view the issue of grave sharing. And uh, our guest this morning, we have Professor Farid Esak, Professor in the Study of Islam at the University of Johannesburg. Professor, uh, good to speak to you again. We'll see if uh, we can find Professor Esak there. We also have with us Rabbi Fox joining us on the line. Good morning, Rabbi. Morning. Morning, Sakina. Uh, thanks for speaking to us this morning. We do understand we only have you and Professor Farid Esak for a short while, so I'll come to you. Uh, but let me just also introduce um, our commissioner from uh, the uh, Commission for the Protection of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities, Commissioner Sheila Khama. Thanks for your time as well, ma'am. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And thanks for making the time to speak to us. And we'll also be joined later on by Bishop uh, Zipo Siwa, who is the president of the South African Council of Churches. But let me start with you, Rabbi Fox. From a Jewish perspective, how do you view this practice of grave sharing? Is it something that's at all permissible in Judaism? Thank you very much for inviting me. From a Jewish point of view, we... um, we are not in favor of grave sharing, um, not for the reason that was given in your insert over there of spiritual confusion, but rather because of a concept that we call respect to the dead. Um, to, to, bury, to, bury, um, to bury somebody above another, um, another dead body is considered disrespectful to the body below um, from a Jewish point of view. So from that point of view alone, um, that, it would be an objectionable practice. So looking at what's happening currently, as far back as 2010, uh, both Eteguini and Cape Town had already indicated that uh, they are having difficulty uh, and running out of uh, grave space. How then, are there any solutions that you could propose from um, Judaism's point of view with regard to dealing with this problem? 
Well, um, as, as it's been stated, it's in the embryonic stages of discussion, and I think it's very commendable that everybody is discussing and communicating about this problem. And, of course, um, our Jewish council would be very happy to discuss this with the municipalities and perhaps come up with various alternatives. Um, the exact alternatives, I haven't given enough thought to, um, to what would be considered acceptable practice. Um, so therefore, I think communication is the most important thing. But let me just say from a Jewish point of view that what is of paramount importance is that the body should be buried. That, that's number one. Burying so bodies, no cremation? Um, no cremation. No, we, we, we believe that um, active desecration of the body is completely against, against our religion um, and against the sanctity of the human body. So, so definitely no cremation. So burial is of paramount importance. After that, um, burying in, in separate graves, of course, has been traditional. Uh, it would be unprecedented to have grave sharing of any type, and therefore I think communication is so very important. In terms of our community, um, that would be something uh, you know, shocking for us to do grave sharing, but of course our council would be very happy to discuss such possible alternatives with the municipality. As I say, I'm not sure what, um, what alternatives would be, um, would be recommended. Well, Rabbi Fox, thank you so much for sharing that with us and uh, giving us that perspective uh, from Judaism. Let's speak to Professor Farid Isak now, um, who is a professor in the study of Islam at the University of Johannesburg. Uh, Professor Isak, thanks for your time once again. Good morning. Good to be with you, Sakina. So as far as Islam is concerned, you know, what do you make of this latest dilemma? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, uh, theologically speaking, or in terms of um, in terms of how Islam reviews the return of the human body to the grave, events that happens in the grave, the resurrection from the grave. Uh, in terms of Islamic theology, it seems to be uh, incomprehensible that a body could be sh- that two bodies could be shared inside one grave, and yet in practice. Uh, in South Africa, for example, in practice, uh, what happens is after about 40, 50 years elapse, then, uh, and especially if the grave is untended, then that grave does get uh, reused again for another body. Uh, in a very, very conservative Muslim country like Afghanistan, they uh, would uh, bury bodies in spaces of, say, one year. One, one year's bodies go here, and then the next year's bodies go there, and then the next year's bodies go there. And after 40 years, they recycle uh, year number one's bodies again. And uh, they reuse that. And in, in fact, they, they, uh, uh, they water that whole graveyard away and uh, fill it with new sand from other areas. So that's uh, a fascinating practice in a mm. very conservative uh, in a very conservative Muslim country. But in terms of Islamic theology, in terms of how Islam views the dead, the dead body goes into the grave, um, and there the body, in fact, begins to experience the consequence of its life already in terms of uh, punishment or reward or how comfortable the, the stay inside the grave is. And the body remains in the grave until it is supposed to be resurrection. Resurrected, so there seems to be a gap between the practice in many societies and what Muslim theology um, tends to believe about the body. Um, but graves are essential. Um, there are no other alternative means of uh, of dispatching people back to uh, 
to the God who created them. And the one thing that is absolutely anathema to Muslims, and that is cremation. Fire is seen as the prerogative of God. Only God uses fire uh, for human beings. And so the idea of human beings being burned as a way of disposing of the body, it is completely unacceptable in Islam. Professor Esak, thank you so much for that explanation. We know you have to run as well. Um, that was Professor Farid Esak, Professor in the Study of Islam at the University of Johannesburg. And we also heard from uh, Rabbi Fox, and they gave us uh, the Islamic and uh, uh, Jewish perspective on burials. Let me come to you now, uh, Commissioner Khama. And you obviously have threatened to take the Etigwini municipality to court over this particular matter, the reuse and recycling of graves. Um, but uh, perhaps we can just start with that explanation of what a cemetery amongst many cultures actually means. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you look at Africa, because what we are arguing is that once we, we bury, but we should bear in mind that the land that we are in is Africa. Yes, there are a lot of religion and cultures that are in the land. We, it happens that we are in South Africa. What we, we, we had complaints that are coming from the community. Moreover, the community of culture and the culture that is based in, in African understanding in African culture, which these are the cases that we are having at the moment. Their cry was that um, when they go to the grave and their graves are being tempered with, one, to the African person that practices African spirituality or African religion, the grave is a, is a next extended uh, home of, of those people, not only the dead, because they have to, to have this interrelationship, this intimacy with the person that has passed on. But remember that the, per- the person that has passed on, in them, that person has never left them. It will just leave for a year and come back. Thus, they have their rituals of Ugubuyisa and other rituals that connect them because there's never a break in them. They use it as their next shrine when they have problems of kids and others, Africans would understand it, they would then go to the grave and consult with. Then there would be also a, a time where progress is or failure in life or other things that you want to connect with. So that it has been happening since the dawn of Africa. So this is the next life of them. This is their clinic, this is their hospital, this is their family extension, and this is their royal family, this is their royal house. You know, so they value that with, with whatever that they have. Now, if one tempers with that, you're already tempering with the family that is living. Mm. But given the problem with land and, and available land for burials, um, and the fact that conventional burial at the moment uses a great deal of space, what are some of the alternatives that you think the municipalities can apply to, in order to solve this problem? What we are saying is that the municipality should consult the families. It's not new in Africa that one can be buried in the in the same grave, but that is the family decision. It's the family right to consult with them because they have been doing this, they've been practicing it. But they would sit down as well as a family and decide how who gets to be buried where. You know, it's a, they are not saying they're immune to this. We know this. But the municipality, what we are asking is that don't do it in your own way. Consult with the family. They are not saying no, but they would say no if you mix the bodies because it has negative effects. 
family that is living and the person that has passed on. So does that mean that uh, it would perhaps be, ex- would it be acceptable for members of the same family to be buried in one grave? It is acceptable in the African in the African spirituality. It does because you you would then uh, there's a process though that they have to undergo, but they are where it's already been practiced as I speak now. It has been practiced practiced for a long time, so it's not something new. But what is new and shocking is this that is happening when you mix bodies of people that don't know each other. When we have to do your ritual, it it creates a problem. Who are you bringing back at home, and how to handle this? Because before you could temper with or touch the grave, there are processes that they, they also that have to undergo or treatment or rituals that they, they would have to practice and rights of the body that is living there. Here's a, a question from uh, Unati Kwaza. Unati says, if the cultural experts agree that ancestors are indeed spirit, then it shouldn't be a problem that graves are shared. It, 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 yes, you would say that, but however, how many spirits are in one grave? We, we, are, we are saying we do not have a problem of saying people should share, but the family, because that is a connecting lineage. We are not distorting it in any way. If you will remember, sometimes we'll say, Ukokosvandan is coming back, or Umkulu. However, if the child faces a problem, they will have to go to the same grave. Imagine if you go and we have four different names that you don't know, and yours is just buried underneath there. How do you connect it? Well, we're talking about uh, the practice of grave sharing, and we're asking you whether you think uh, we should simply be making peace with grave sharing at this point. And also this morning, we're getting different religious perspectives on grave sharing. And joining us now is Bishop Mike Foster, who's Bishop of the Methodist Church in KZN. Thank you so much for your time, Bishop. Yes, sure. I'm, uh, I'm just standing in a queue in home affairs at the moment, so uh, excuse the interruptions occasionally. We'll okay. make it very short. We'll make it as short as okay. possible. So sure. what is your church's perspective on grave sharing? Is that something that is permissible? Uh, yes, it would be. I mean, uh, if, it's, if it's a family grave, you know, I think a lot of our families would, would prefer to buy family plots and they would bury, bury, uh, bury families together. But we also have... Um, the option of cremation as well. You know, so our church also is open to cremation, which I think um, a lot of people see as probably where we need to be heading. But I know that there are a lot of strong cultural and religious beliefs about cremation that is uh, that is very difficult to overcome. So I think, I guess, from our perspective, that's the Methodist Church. We would we would kind of have a cross section of options, as it were. So, you know, the sharing of graves, I guess if it was somebody that we don't really know, I think we might have an issue there. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think it would be acceptable if families uh, somehow were buried together. That happens already, you know, within our church and our practice. Bishop, you say you you do have a cross-section of alternatives. What are those? Yeah, Uh, that's uh, that's cremation, you know. Um, Yeah, cremation would be uh, one of the, the alternatives. Um, but I think it, it really is about uh, from a, you know, some people feel that that's really not acceptable in terms of their own uh, fundamental sort of beliefs about the, the afterlife and uh, that one needs to uh, be buried rather and it might affect some of the, the issues of the, uh, around the afterlife. So there are very strong and deep-seated uh, beliefs around that. But I guess that... Um, with the, the broad understanding of, of the spirit and soul and where that goes, 
it doesn't really matter because if somebody gets burnt in a car, you know, and somebody's cremated, I guess the soul, as we understand it, is eternal and will move on into the into the afterlife. So where one is buried and how one is buried really becomes uh, for the, the, the family in this life, you know, and perhaps wouldn't really affect those who have passed on unless you have very strong sort of beliefs about the... The, uh, um, the fact that it needs to be a burial with somebody or alone. But I think generally it would be acceptable if, if, um, if they had sort of family, uh, family plots rather than sort of uh, being buried with strangers, you know, all on top of one another. And I think that, that might even be an option for families, you know, but that would need to be a very personal decision in relation to the grieving family because I think that is the most vulnerable moment. And for them to make those sort of decisions, it's quite traumatic, you know. So one has to think of, of uh, taking into account, you know, the family's emotional state at the time when they make these decisions so that it doesn't kind of continue to deepen their own sort of um, sorrow and, and, uh, and trauma, you know, at the loss of a loved one. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bishop Mike Foster, Bishop of the Methodist Church in KZN. So there we've had um, a Christian perspective from uh, Bishop Foster there. We've heard uh, from um, uh, Professor Farid Esak on Islam, and we also had Rabbi Fox on Judaism. And of course, uh, staying with us is Commissioner Sheila Hama from uh, the Commission for the uh, Promotion and Protection of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities. And when we come back after the news break, we're going to open the lines and take your calls as we ask you, should we simply be making peace with the fact that we will be sharing graves? The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. On the forum at 8 this morning, uh, we looked at the different religious views on the issue of grave sharing. And we're asking you, given that um, municipalities are running out of land on which uh, to bury people, should we be making peace with uh, this notion of grave sharing? And we're taking your calls on 0891-104-208. And uh, we still have with us Commissioner uh, Sheila Khama from the uh, Commission for the Promotion and Protection of Cultural religious and linguistic communities. Let me just read some of the uh, messages coming through. These ones from the SMS line. Galweni in Mount Frey says, those who have homes in rural areas should take their loved ones. We have thousands of land uh, of open land not in use. And then this one from uh, someone in East London. Beg your pardon, that frog in my throat. Uh, this one from uh, someone in East London says, When burying our parents and inquiring about grave sites, I was told years ago that you could have three people in one grave, all at different levels, and if cremated, you could have six lots of ashes at each corner and two in the middle of each side, making nine people all in all. I was very pleased as there's enough room for the whole family in our father's grave. Colin says... Why don't we bury people in a standing position? You can utilize ground better and a hole can be drilled at a much lower cost than digging it. Is that an option, Commissioner? Commissioner Khama? Well, Commissioner Khama, not there. Uh, we'll try and get back to her. Uh, let me read a few more before I go to the lines. Tolim Zobe in Joburg says, mass graves, this is unacceptable. Pat says... 
they they can put a plastic name tag on the body so that the ancestors can know that this is a kumalo or a kame, or a kumete that's from Pat. Kathy in PE says no to grave sharing. I would not want strangers buried with my loved ones. Cremation is the way to go today. And Josie says or asks, have the Sangomas been contacted regarding the problem of the shortage of land? Some of the views coming through there. We'll try and get uh, Commissioner Sheila Hama back. But let's hear from Kolani uh, in Mlotsane. Good morning. Uh, Sakina, you know, years back, people were buried in caves, not in a grave. But there comes when people realize that in other places, they can't find caves. And they said, let us utilize the land, let's bury them. This is the grave. Now, it's 21st century. We have seen there's a problem now. We can utilize another thing and find another thing to say now. Why can't we, you know, cremate people? And then they just get the ashes as a reminder or something to hold on into our family. You understand? Because the reality is that we don't have land. You know, if this thing of grave, it was an Isiko. Isiko, what is different from Isikete? Isiko is something that doesn't change. It stays the same way. Then it means today we'll be still burying people in the cave rather than in the grave. People have said religion that when people passed away, there's nothing, you know, we can do about it. They will never come back again. Even though we say, you know, this come back, or well, let's call the person back, you know. When you, you died in on a spot, maybe you hit by the car. When they have to bury, they must tell you where, you know, you passed away. You don't pass away in the grave. You are just buried there. How can you go and say now we are going to under somebody in the grave? So the person didn't pass away in the grave. We are just buried there. We must find another way now. We must just clean people. That's simple as that. Because we need the land to lose it. And it's worse now. There's a drought. We can't, you know, we must say, perhaps, what do we need? Do we have to give the death more, you know, space than in as we are living now? Remember, I can let you to come. They must also use this land. Thank you, Sakina. Hold on, Kolani. What about uh, the religions and cultures who do not believe in cremation? Sakina, do you think religion and culture, they are changing with time. If you can see, look, what happened years back is not the same way it is happening now. Because now they have been using you know, Facebook, WhatsApp, all this. They don't know what's up there. Why they can't we stick to old ways of, you know, preaching to people. We are using TV now, you know. These things are changing, you know. We must, if kind of things are changing, you know, we must also now use changes to understand. Then, you know, people that say, this is our belief. That belief has changed, it's come and again. Let me just give an example. People are used to baptize people in the, in the rivers. There are no rivers now because you got drought. What they are doing now, they just take a cup of water, they pour on you. They say, no, you are baptized. You are they've changed, they think they've changed. You must just adopt to the changes. All right. That's the view from uh, Kolani. Uh, Naidu in Durban, what's your view? Yes, as a Hindu, I can say that 90 to 95% of all Hindus throughout the world cremate the dead. Therefore, Grave space will never be a problem in any country in the world. My great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother share the same grave. That's a way of uh, of saving space. I think that's all I want to say. Thank you so much, uh, Naidu. Uh, Fanani in East London, good morning. Morning, Fatina. Thank you. You see, this is a very important debate. It exposes two things. Firstly, it exposes the fact that we black people are a cultural minority. And to answer your question, whether we should make peace, is not something that we'll do because it has to be done. We will make peace because if you are a cultural minority in any society, you make peace with the demands of a cultural majority, period. We discuss an issue 
that is a fundamental matter of religion for people like myself. You see, for me, the first connection is with Amabele or Langozondo Kuboni. Every year, I go to Elenge, which is where Amabele comes from, because that's a shrine for us as Amabele. That is where Upele himself is buried. If you died in exile in Zambia or wherever, we go take your body, we bury you here. Because for us, there is a connection between you, the dead, and us, the living. So the fact that we're a cultural minority, we have to make peace with the demands of the cultural majority. That's the first thing. The second thing that this discussion exposes is the fact that black people don't have land. In our country, there's plenty of land, but it's owned by other people, not us. You can go to Devon. There's land there. If there is no land in a municipality, there is a land adjacent to the municipality which, which is owned by a certain fund, whoever, fund de Merve or something. So we black people, until we are conscious, we are liberated mentally, economically, politically, we'll never have this discussion. You see, in this debate, we'll call the Hindu, we'll call the Muslim, we ask them, where do they feature? They don't feature in this discussion. They cremate. This is not their problem. It's a problem for us. So the issue is how do we go around it? That's my contribution. Thank you so much, Fanani. Temba and Peter Meritzburg. Anosisi, you know, what a coincidence. I'm also Ipele, and I'm following after my brother. What a coincidence. Oh, I Hello? see. Yes, yes, Temba. <laughs> Look, man. I'm just going to be short. You know, this is a very sensitive matter. The dying and the dead and the bodies in the Zulu culture, black culture is very sensitive. I appreciate you you're dealing with it. That's why you're getting so many different suggestions and people talk about cremation, others talk about this, because it is difficult and, and sensitive. Look, what, all what I want to say is this. I am in Pity Marriageback, and I've got my aunties and uncles out of town. They don't have this problem. When a person dies, they go to the yard, they, pop, they, 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 they show the spot, we dig early in the morning at 4 o'clock, and we don't have all these pathologies that we're talking about now. If we, if, we, if we could be allowed to bury people where we live, then there's no question about land and all that. They must allow us to bury people where we live. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's Temba and Peter Maritzburg. We'll see in Durban. Hi, morning, Sakina. My contribution is simple. If if people had land, they could bury in their backyard where they were living. I can tell you now, the problem is that uh, particularly Africans are dispossessed of their land where they never had, when they had land, they never had such a problem. Solution, very simple. There is enough land in Japan. It is fallacy to say that we've run out of burial space, yet there is land. There is law that allows the municipality to expropriate land. Let us use that law to expropriate some of the land that is lying fallow in and around Devon and bury our people. That is why as EFF we are calling for the nationalization of land, that the land should belong to the state. Because the municipality is an arm of state. It should be able to say we are taking this land, we are opening a new cemetery, and that should never be a problem. Because you are interfering with a very sensitive, religiously, culturally, and otherwise matter. You cannot be burying strangers in one grave, at least if it's a family plot.
then it must be optional for people to be buried on top of each other, particularly if it's a family. It should not be enforced by the state. It's a violation of, of cultural and dignity. Okay. Uh, right of the person. So says Vusi in Durban. Advocate Mantula, what's your view? Morning, uh, Sakina, and even to your guest. Sakina, I think the issue around the state of long-standing and more so between uh, the Durban area, and I think one area that we have not looked to, which I think Jobek is even saying that they will not move to that way of sharing without consultation. I think it is the issue of uh, consulting communities, but looking at the issue that all the callers have been saying that availability of land is there, but it is the matter of the uh, of the state owning that land, and as well not to impose other foreign cultures to say cremate rather. So it is a matter of as a state of symmetry uh, to look nationally and to look at other African cases because it seems that we will always want to compare with European models or at the same time want to compare with other cultures without looking at the African knowledge-based system. What is the African norm? Even if I do agree with one caller who say culture is not static, it is moving with time. But we cannot underrate this area around ancestral rights and the rights of families to be consulted. So I think this is something that the Durban municipality should find uh, its a way to engage with this commission and advise other uh, areas which will be having the same problem because this will come to 10 to 50 years where we will have the shortage of land to bear, but we have a mass of land in other regions. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you, Advocate Mantula. Bongani in Cape Town. Well, Sakina, it is, it is very, very worrying that we're still complaining about the land, where to bury our our, our, our beloved one. Look then, what, what is this thing of, of land claimant is all about then? If, if we're struggling of burying the dead, it means then the, 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 these this municipalities are the agent of minority of the white. I mean, it's, it's, it's very shameful at the same time. But look, we are going towards the election. They will speak about uh, we we're going to bring back the land and tell us all the nonsense. But after then, they will say they don't have the land for, for, the, for us to, to bury our loved ones. This is not right. I'm telling you, this this thing will bend them after all. Thank you, Sakina. Well, thank you so much, Bongani in Cape Town. And uh, yeah, some interesting views coming through. Um, Zola D says, will gender and race be considered in grave sharing? Would it be okay to bury a male corpse over a female corpse, black over white? David Hughes says, having a stranger buried on top of my family member is just not on. Uh, complete disrespect. Uh, a job, uh, Slomani says, uh, what is this I'm hearing about a shortage of burial land? It's ridiculous. We got lots of land in this country. Vusim Tonga says if people won't have a problem with it we can look into vertical graves you end up burying three people where you would bury only one and that has been raised by a few people. So uh, let's get uh, Commissioner uh, Khama to speak to that. Commissioner, is burying people vertically even an option? I, I think again because here we are not talking about the culture that started today or yesterday or 20 years or 50 years ago, we're talking about the culture that lived with the people, the culture that they understand very well, the culture that they, it has rights or rituals of it. So again, if you have to change that, which we are saying, even if you would say culture changes, 
but we are saying people change is not the culture per se. But you then have to go to the people and discuss with them. Let them understand, let them at least give ways. Not that they don't have solutions, but they need to be consulted to say what it is that they want. Vertically, it, maybe others would go, maybe others would not go. So you cannot cook them in one pot. Allow them, allow that democracy, allow that the freedom, allow them also to integrate whatever they do, because this is more than what we think today. It's a pity that we are discussing a very, very sensitive matter now in the country. We are discussing an, an issue that it has a lot of things inside of it. But I'm saying let the community decide, consult the community. Don't say I've consulted. Consult and create a space for community to engage, not consulting and telling them. Let them also advise you what they want to do. Not you say, I've consulted, I've consulted with that. And you say, when you consulted, what was the advice? What are they saying? Have you followed that advice? But more than anything else, we are saying the municipality, the good governance, they should also look at planning, which includes the land. Look at the mortality rate of the municipality. Look at the stats, how many people are there. And if those others have land, because the people from the rural areas and so forth, they have land, which they can choose. The, the Teguini municipality was talking about around Iteguini. And we are saying we can't justify that the rights of people should be enshrined because of land, you know. But discuss with them. Let's sit down and discuss. Don't impose things that people don't understand because it's taboo. And whatever that will come out of what we have imposed, who has to take care of that? Who has to take care of all these things that we'll be facing? You know, it's all those things that you have at least kept them before you decide. Well, it means people will also have to make a point of participating when these discussions do come up. And uh, because we always talk about public consultation and people cry foul after the fact that they were not heard on these matters. But speaking of how the municipalities actually deal with this, according to a Salga report that I'm looking at from 2012, it states that cemetery services are heavily subsidized by municipalities as revenue generated from the sector is significant low compared to the total budget allocated and therefore it, it, it would seem as though perhaps this is not necessarily um, a priority for municipalities Commissioner? You, you could say that but uh, in, in what, what we have researched you know if you look at the symmetry of the lucrative money that one can make you know you look at you also look at studies if you look at generally or international studies how they do the municipality is the one that takes care and funds the cemeteries in either way whether private or public you know so when we're looking at this thing we're looking at who's benefiting out of this and this is happening we're not only looking at the rise and to say how did you how did we come up here you know, how are we not able to maximize and look outside? If the municipality is not taking care of graves, who's commissioned to take care of graves? You know, and the budget, therefore, because there's a lot of things that are happening around the grave. It's not about glass cutting and so forth. If you look at the studies, just open it and check what's happening behind what you are saying now. But we are saying, yes, it should be highly funded because... There are places that we say if they are 60 plus, those are heritage and they have to be protected. And, you know, in, in, in that sense, we haven't seen that happening that much in, in, in the areas where we are talking about, where we say the grave is 60 years and so forth. But with this one that we are discussing now, we will also look at why it has to be 10 years sleeping and wake up and, and open a space for another one to come and sleep. 
Mm. The same Saga report goes on to report that uh, above 60% of municipalities reported that they consider themselves as having good practice in the management of cemeteries. However, they also concede that only 17% of municipalities actually conducted surveys to establish what the community's views on internment and burial methods were. Is the, How can the commission, for example, come in and, and aid the process whereby there is greater consultation between the municipalities and the community? We, we are saying if you look at the proximity, because this is part of what they tend today, a park. The symmetries of fall within the park and so forth. They would have systems, they would even have a cluster of symmetry and a cluster where people come and discuss because many might have not known because these graves are not the graves that started yesterday. Others are started, you know, many years ago, you know, during the times of apartheid and so forth, where people were not giving space to breathe and speak about their loved ones and speak about how the municipality has to manage the space where their people are living. So if, if the government is the government of the people, you should allow the people to advise further. Have committees inside that will come maybe quarterly or once or twice a year to come and advise the municipality on how to do their things, where there are challenges. Because sometimes we find that there's a grave that has been moved and people are trying to find it. And there, were, there are rituals that need to be done. And if it is maybe, we would say if it's... it's, it's disappeared or people cannot find it, you'd ask a certain culture if you no longer have the books, because good governance goes with the books that we have, that so-and-so come and apply to land, because we are told that they are lending the area, they are not buying the, 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 the land. We are landed, which we have to come and pay after 10 years, which that's what we are arguing. How can a person rent a grave in, in, in this land? So you, you, you then ask that community to say, are there people connected to this family? Because we no longer find this family. How do we have to perform the right? Because we know this number belongs to Shilam Belakama, maybe. So she's no longer there, and we know that she's from this clan. Can we have people to at least perform the rituals? Because we, we also remember that there's these things of ghosts and other things. People believe sort of things, many of them. But we say if you work with the community, let the community decide, let the community advise, let the community lead in partnership with the municipalities. And, of course, we are still taking your calls. But let me run through the last batch of messages here. Uh, Jack Mtunzi in Alberton says, I'm driving between Pulukwane and Makado, and here lies vast pieces of empty land on both sides of the road. Maybe we should turn it into a national burial site where this becomes the only place in the country with graves, and the issue of grave space will be over. Also, talking about African culture in Sudan and some of its neighbors, the body is taken to an open land in the desert, and the vault do as they please. Maybe we should look at this option, says Jack Mtunzi in Alberton. Um, Derbs, uh, this one from someone in Derbs says, I now really confirm that the government that has too much control is corrupt. I see it happening and not in the book. Sakina, there's lots of unused land in KZN. Soon they will sell it to their cronies for gain. How can you build houses for people and not provide graveyards because death is a daily occurrence? Kumalo says, what if the writing on the tombstone has been obliterated? Can all ancestors read?
Lorna says, in view of the info from the minister, please ask her to explain exhuming a person in transferring from one place to another. We'll come to that in a moment, Lorna. Uh, Johan Marais says, your remains and grave and tombstones will be vandalized by the lawless in good old South Africa, so rest in turmoil. Stay in KZN's contribution. Uh, Sissy, it is such a difficult situation, but frankly speaking, it is unimaginable or un-African to bury a stranger on top of your grave. It's madness. Ron in Cape Town says, Can't municipal- can municipalities not expropriate land for new cemeteries? Dick in Whitbank says 60% of land in KZN is in black hands. Um, tribal trust, what's the problem? And Emmanuel Chwene says, the main problem is the issue of land. Once people get their land back, they will be free to choose their options. So um, maybe we can just touch quickly on uh, this whole issue that Lorna raises about exhuming a person and transferring from one place to another, Commissioner. Uh, I think also if you look at the laws of exhumation in South Africa, it lies with the minister to decide. It's not up to the municipality to decide. There's, uh, again, if you look at their act, it says there's a tenure period that is given to consult with the community, try by all means to find them. Because as long as they are not being found, it's not easy for anyone to, to exhume it. It's only the minister that can decide who has to exhume and in whatever reason. And the consultation, therefore, that's why it takes so many years to consult on that one. And remember, he's also looking at the rights of this person, the, the, the family itself, how it gets affected. We've got other lands. In, if you look at uh, Limpopo, where we have uh, communities that are saying our people have been exhumed, we don't find them, or their space, uh, the, the area, it's, it's a mining area and people have been exhumed. How you deal with that? But also we are saying, let's look at the laws. South Africa has tough laws that deal with the graves. You've got Sarah that deals with graves. You've got the minister that is also a custodian of looking at who has to exhume and how. What are the processes? What is the family right? What is the dead right? So here we are seeing people not following all those laws. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Commissioner. You're, you're welcome, ma'am. And that was Commissioner C- Sheila Khama, and uh, she is with the CRL and talking to us this morning about the issue of grave sharing. And thanks to our producers this morning, Sisanda Jonas and Swaki Shweshwe Atku, uh, Miriam Mwate, Mulebu Kheng Sibidi, and Misho Shandale, foreign producers Ronald Piri and Jake Mukoma, senior producers Tengiwe Mabaso and Lungile Mabaso, technical producer Kanya Balani, and executive producers Aubrey Sachie and Krivani Pillay.